In the business world, we have a hierarchy. And that hierarchy starts with first-line employees, then you have a manager, and then that's a first-line manager, and then you have a second-line manager, third-line manager, and, and as high as it goes, maybe you may have an assistant VP, you may have a vice president, you may have a director. But nevertheless, there is a, a umbrella of people that are feeding information to that first-line manager for those employees. The employees many times are not privy to some of the conversations that are above that manager, nor are they able to, to understand many of the directives that have been given to that manager because they're for purposes of the business, which some of that information employees may not have any knowledge of at all. They are just given directives to follow. And many times you have employees that will resist. They don't want to do it. Uh, there are many reasons why they don't want to do it. Sometimes it's a jealousy issue. Sometimes it's an authority issue. They don't want this person to usurp authority over them. Sometimes they just don't want to do whatever it is that directive is. And they resist and they rebel. And sometimes that first line manager will be attacked simply because the heart of these people or the employees is resistant to whatever those directives, rules, regulations, policies, whatever they may be, are. This was the issue with Moses and the company of Korah that decided to rebel against the directives that God had given Moses. Many times, the way that we treat each other mirrors the way that we treat God. We live in a day and age where we feel that our natural human nature is greater than spiritual nature. We're living in a day when we insist that God accepts things and issues and situations that our man created that he in fact does not accept. In Numbers 16, Korah, the son of Izar, the son of Kohath, the son of Levi, and certain Reubenites, Dathan and Abiram, son of Eliab, On, son of Peleth, became insolent and rose up against Moses. With them were 250 Israelite men, well-known community leaders who had been appointed members of the council. They came as a group to oppose Moses and Aaron and said to them, you have gone too far. The whole community is holy, every one of them, and the Lord is with them. Why then do you set yourselves above the Lord's assembly? Now these men decided that they could say what was holy and what was not holy. And regardless of what was going on with the people, they had declared those people were holy. So they were making themselves, in fact, God and deciding that they would judge a matter instead of God or who God had chosen which was Moses. When Moses heard this, he fell face down. Then he said to Korah and all his followers, in the morning, the Lord will show who belongs to him and who is holy, and he will have that person come near him. The man he chooses, he will cause to come near him. You, Korah, and all your followers are to do this. Take censers, tomorrow put burning coals and incense in them before the Lord. The man the Lord chooses will be the one who is holy. You Levites have gone too far. Now we have Moses 
instructing them as to what to do, even though they insist, well, Moses, God talks to us too. You're going too far. You're not all that. You're not who you think you are. Be very careful when we attack men and women of God and we come to them with the attitude, who, who are you? Who do you think you are? And the answer is nobody. Nobody to you. Nobody even to myself. But I'm somebody to God. And Moses was somebody to God. Whether Korah and his company thought Moses was somebody or not was irrelevant because he was somebody to God. Moses also said to Korah, Now listen, you Levites, isn't it enough for you that the God of Israel has separated you from the rest of the Israelite community and brought you near himself to do the work as the Lord's tabernacle and to stand before the community and minister to them? It's not enough that God is using you all already? You need more than that? You need more notoriety than that? You need a higher position than that? He told him, he has brought you and all your fellow Levites near himself, but now you're trying to get the priesthood too. Beware of, of, of coveting office and position. And there's much of that going on in the church. People competing for titles and positions and, 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 and believing that this is going to give them some type of power. It is against the Lord that you and all your followers have band together. Who is Aaron that you should grumble against him? So Moses understood, and the Bible said Moses was the most humble man that ever lived. He understood, I'm nobody and Aaron's nobody either. It's not really us that you're coming against. You're coming against God, and you don't even realize it. Then Moses became very angry and said to, to the Lord, do not accept their offering. I have not taken so much as a donkey from them, nor have I wronged any of them. So Moses is communicating with God now, and, and, and sounds like he's a little upset himself because he's human after all. And when someone falsely accuses you, it's not a good feeling, especially if you know you're innocent and you haven't done anything wrong. But many times that's the case when it comes to ministers of the gospel. Many of the accusations that they suffer are simply because they belong to God, not because they've actually done something. Now, we know in 2020, a lot of the accusations are, in fact, true. But these men and women are not men and women that, in my opinion, and I'm saying in my opinion, have been put in the position that they're in because God put them there. If, he, if they have been put in that position because God put them there, then they're being disobedient and rebellious. Moses said to Korah, you and all your followers are to appear before the Lord tomorrow, you and they and Aaron. Each man is to take his censer and put incense in it, 250 censers in all. So Korah had another 250 men with him. So he had a pretty large following. Just because a lot of people choose to follow you does not mean you're right. The Bible said a blind lead the blind and they all fall in the ditch. Be careful who you choose to follow. Make sure it's not somebody that's going against God. Because whatever their punishment will be, that punishment may come to you. 
You may not get the exact same punishment, but you will be punished nevertheless. When Korah had gathered all his followers in opposition to them at the entrance to the tent of meeting, the glory of the Lord appeared to the entire assembly. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron, separate yourselves from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. So you see here, God is not playing. And God is telling Moses, get out of the way. Move out of the way. I'm going to get them. I'm going to take care of this right now. Just slide over a little bit and let me at them. But Moses, being humble, fell on his face and asked God not to kill all of them. He said, God, are you going to make all of these people pay for the sins of one or two? So then God said, Moses, say to the assembly, move away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Moses got up and went to Dathan and Abiram, and the elders of Israel followed him. He warned the assembly, move back from the tents of these wicked men. Do not touch anything belonging to them, or you will be swept away because of all of their, all of their sins. So here you have to be careful who you connect yourself up with. Make sure that you're not being a part of something that's ungodly, or so something that's going against God, because... These people, these men were being warned. Don't even touch anything that belongs to these people. Because the judgment of God is upon them. So they moved away from the tents of Korah, Dathan, and Abiram. Dathan and Abiram had come out and were standing with their wives, children, and little ones at the entrance to their tents. Then Moses said, This is how you will know that the Lord has sent me to do all these things and that it was not my idea. If these men die a natural death, and suffer the fate of all mankind, then the Lord has not sent me. But if the Lord brings about something totally new, and the earth opens its mouth and swallows them with everything that belongs to them, and they go down alive into the realm of the dead, then you will know that these men have treated the Lord with contempt. So Moses is declaring their judgment because he knows what God's going to do. As soon as he finished saying all this, the ground under them split apart and the earth opened its mouth and swallowed them and their households and all those associated with Korah together with their possessions. So these men didn't just bring judgment on themselves. They brought judgment on their families as well. However, Korah did have some sons who were not standing with him, who were not in agreement with him. Maybe they were out of the household at that point. Maybe they were older. And maybe they were adults and they could make their own choices. But they did not die with their father. They went down alive into the realm of the dead with everything they owned. The earth closed over them and they perished and were gone from the community. God completely wiped them out of sight. And this is what happens when you create a, a, a contempt. When you anger God. When we as, as, as mere people challenge an almighty God, at their cries, all the Israelites around them fled, shouting, the earth is going to swallow us too. And the 250 men that were appointed didn't escape. The Bible says in 35, and fire came out from the Lord and consumed the 250 men who were offering the incense. 
So all of them offered incense to God. Moses, Korah's group, and the 250 men. They all had bronze censers. They all put incense in them and burned them before the Lord. God accepted Moses and Aaron's incense, and he destroyed Korah and all of his company, his family, and the 250 with fire. It's important we don't offer strange fire up to the Lord. It's important that we don't go before him knowing that we're not worthy. And in this case, it wasn't that Korah was so not worthy because we know all of us are not worthy except through the blood of Jesus Christ. None of us is worthy. But Jesus had not been born at this time. So they went before the Lord unworthy. And their sacrifice was not accepted. The Lord said to Moses, tell Eleazar, son of Aaron, the priest, to remove the censers from the charred remains and scatter the coals some distance away, for the censers are holy. So God still held the censers that they had holy, but the people that were holding the censers weren't. We have many people now that are holding censers and, and, and doing things in the, in the name of God or saying they're doing things for God, and they're really not. They're, they're offering up things to God, and God is not accepting their offerings. The censors of the men who sinned that the cost of their lives hammered the censors into sheets of, to overlay the altar, for they were presented before the Lord and have become holy. Let them be assigned to the Israelites. So the altar was overlaid with those bronze uh, censors that these men held as a reminder of human nature and they were placed upon the altar which is where we're supposed to be we're supposed to place ourselves our natural uh, uh, desires in, in things of, of, of our humanity on the altar before the Lord so Eleazar the priest collected the bronze censers and brought by those who had been burned to death and they hammered them out and covered the altar with them. The next day, the whole Israelite community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. You've killed the Lord's people, they said. Now, Moses was just a man. But do you see how they turned on him after seeing what God had done? There's no way Moses could open up the ground and close it back. There's no way Moses could call, uh, 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 cause fire to come straight out from the sky and, and burn up a, a, a certain specific number of men, 250 to be exact. But because of the minds of people, when people's hearts are hard against God, that's what they do. They attack any person that represents God. They blame any person. And they're blaming him for what God has done. So they're angry with God. And they're showing their anger by attacking Moses. Because you can tell when a person 
hates God. When a person hates God, they hate the people of God. They hate anybody that represents God. They hate people in general. And that's just because of what, what they feel towards God. But when the assembly gathered in opposition to Moses and Aaron and turned toward the tent of meeting, Aaron, Moses and Aaron turned toward the tent of meeting, suddenly the cloud covered it and the glory of the Lord appeared. Then Moses and Aaron went to the front of the tent of meeting and the Lord said to Moses, get away from this assembly so I can put an end to them at once. And they fell face down. So again, here's Moses and Aaron standing in the gap for evil people, people that didn't like them. It's not always easy to pray for somebody that's attacking you. It's not always easy to pray for somebody and, and stand in the gap for somebody that's misusing you or, or treating you wrongfully. But God calls us to do that, and Moses demonstrates that here. These people have tried to attack him in more than one occasion, and he's still falling on his face asking God to have mercy and not destroy him. Then Moses said to Aaron, take your senses and put incense in it along with burning coals from the altar and hurry to the assembly to make atonement for them. Wrath has come out from the Lord. The plague has started. One of the weapons that God uses in the Bible is plague. The other one is bloodshed and the other one is famine. Here God calls the plague to come. So Aaron did as Moses said and ran into the midst of the assembly. The plague had already started among the people, but Aaron offered the incense and made atonement for them. He stood between the living and the dead, and the plague stopped. But 14,700 people died from the plague, in addition to those who had died because of Korah. It's a terrible thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. And when we challenge God and when we rebel against God, when we refuse to keep his commandments, that's what happens. These people continue to rebel. They continue to go against the ordinances that God had given Moses or the rules and regulations that God had given Moses for them to go by while they were in the wilderness. God was taking care of them while they were out there. He was feeding them and making sure that they survived. And that wasn't good enough. They demanded to go back into bondage. They looked at Egypt as the land of milk and honey, when Egypt was a place that they were slaves in. So they insulted God on, on, on every hand. They didn't appreciate anything he had done. They were very ungrateful and very rebellious. When we do that, the Bible said righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. We have to be careful that we're not offending God because that will bring judgment. And God forgave the Israelites while they were in the wilderness, but there were still consequences to their actions. All of the men 20 years and up died in the wilderness. God said they will not enter into the promised land. I forgave them, but they won't enter into the promised land. He allowed their children to enter into the promised land, but their children had to dwell in the wilderness for 40 years to wait for that judgment to be completed with that older generation. So 
they still never got to the promised land because of their insolence, because of their disobedience. So we got to be careful when we, when we go against the word of God or the messenger of God. Because you may find yourself fighting against God. And that's not a fight that you're going to win. Just a thought. Just wanted to share that with you. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. God bless.